This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. I regret to inform you that the Jesuits are up to it again. They're up to no good. Published on the eve of Francis's consecration allegedly to Our Lady, but just as likely to Pacamama, the Jesuits decided that publishing an advocacy piece calling the words of Christ narcissistic and flawed was a good idea. Specifically, that the Ten Commandments just simply aren't enough. That we need a new commandment that is full of group hugs and the kind of kumbaya that characterizes young adult masses set at the typical Jesuit parish anywhere you go in the Western world. It's just more Jesuit nonsense, but it's worth going over today because it characterizes not only the ethos of the modern Jesuits, but it also characterizes much of the modernist spirit, which calls for going out and making a mess of things instead of doing traditionally Catholic things like praying, fasting, and doing penance, and then uniting those things with our earthly works. So today, I ask that you pray for the priest who penned this article, and you'll see why, especially towards the end of today's episode. So let's get into this. The Church condemns what Protestants accuse Catholics of believing, namely works-based doctrines. But the truth is that modernists promote works-based doctrines themselves, and they combine that error often with sin in the name of love. Headline from America Magazine. Is it time for an 11th commandment? Now, the article is by someone calling themselves Jim McDermott, S.J., And at first, I didn't know if the author was a hip, modern Jesuit priest who doesn't like being photographed in his clerics, or if he was a lay member of the Jesuit order. But he speaks about hearing confessions in this piece, so I'll assume he's a priest of the pastor Jimmy Martin order. And here we learn that God got the Ten Commandments wrong, because of course he did. He's not a Jesuit, after all. The piece begins with the simple premise that you can follow the Ten Commandments and still be a rotten person. And that's true. Thou shalt not be a jerk isn't one of the Ten Commandments, but the truthful observation is used to set up a premise that is beyond shaky, that some of Jesus' commands are narcissistic sounding, and that we really need to think about the folks I refer often on my channel to as the Jimmy Martin crowd. From the article, quote, A lot of people believe the real commandment to follow is Jesus' words in Matthew, love your neighbor as yourself. And there is a lot to recommend that. It frames our life in active, positive terms. As life strategies go, thou shalt not is pretty much the worst. Being a good Christian or a good and happy person is not primarily about what you keep yourself from doing, but what you do. It's about our deeds. Also, while there are many different ways of thinking about Jesus, dig down and pretty much all of his choices come back to love. Time and again, he tries to care for others, especially sinners. It's worth taking a second to think about that. Jesus spent his time helping people who have done bad things, and other people whom society had rejected as unclean, immoral, or not even fully human. It sounds great until you start putting it in concrete terms, like Sister Janine Gramic insisting on the humanity and blessedness of members of the James Martin community, when many in the church wouldn't. Then it can get pretty challenging, but Jesus' commandment also has some flaws. 
It sounds more than a little narcissistic to say that the measure of your love for others should be yourself. Also, it assumes that we all have a lot of love for ourselves, when in fact many of us have spent our lives being told that we are not as worthy of love as others, or that there is something wrong with us. Jesus' command can be used even to reinforce that terrible message. Tell me you have never heard a homily on this idea, where the point is, look at how much you spoil yourself. End quote. All right, so I'm going to stop there for a moment. You know, it's a good rule of life that if the idea that something Jesus Christ said was flawed ever comes to your mind, it should be dismissed. He's God. I, I don't know if the Jesuits are teaching that Jesus is still God or not, but anything Christ said is perfection. If there is a problem in understanding anything he taught, that problem lies with us in a defect of our own reasoning. This priest should know that. But sin darkens the intellect, and modernism, as a heresy, is a sin since holding to a heretical position is by definition sinful. But the priest is going somewhere with this. We must practice active love and kindness, man. He's using Francis's understanding of what the faith is about, going out and doing active works instead of practicing spiritual goods. He's promoting an activist gospel. Active works have their place, for sure, but he's lamenting that we don't go out and make a mess of things, hence why he used some political activist examples early in his work, and why he explicitly cited the heretical sister Janine Gramic from his piece, quote, In the Old Testament, when we see the word love and mercy, often the original Hebrew is hesed, but in fact, the word is better translated as loving kindness, and rather than an emotion, it describes activity. Hesed is practiced, not felt. It's also an act of extravagance. It's about going beyond what is expected of you by social or cultural standards, rather than simply meeting them. If the social convention is to give a homeless man a dollar, Hesed is about taking him to dinner, making a point of talking to him when you see him or helping him find a place to live. It is the word that describes the act of rescue, of forgiveness, of a friendship that gives past when it hurts. When he gives Moses the Ten Commandments, God uses Hesed to describe himself. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and faithfulness, who keeps loving kindness for the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That's allegedly a quote from the book of Exodus, when he inserts his own word there. And in fact, it was God's loving kindness that actually made him God to the Israelites. Throughout the ancient Near East, divinity was not just accepted because someone pronounced it. It had to be proven through deeds. Just as we prove we are good friends by our willingness to be there when we are needed, God is accepted as God precisely because he rescues the Israelites. Far be it from me to suggest that the Ten Commandments that the Lord God gave to Moses could use improvement. Also, as David Letterman proved so many years ago, people love a top ten list. But if we're going to continue to look to them as a sort of moral checklist, could we please add one? Practice loving-kindness toward everything and everyone you meet. End quote. And there it is. Now, I mean, again, he's wrapping error in a lot of truth. Although I would dispute the idea that giving a homeless man a dollar is a social convention. That's actually frowned upon in the, in the modern world for anybody who's actually ever lived in a city. That's very much frowned upon. But here, Father McDermott is also the priest who is advocating that we commemorate the anniversary of when the bishops took our masses from us for the long, dark Lent of 2020. And not because we never forget that supreme act of cowardice and betrayal by nearly all the bishops of the world, but because we need to remain loyal to the secular narrative about the events that surrounded that decision and the two years they spent promoting a lie. Then again, this is the priest's profile pic on Twitter. 
So we shouldn't be surprised. It's practically part of the Jesuit oath now to be wrapped up in what we call the Pastor Jimmy Martin subject, that even this priest is signaling to the world his rejection of the church's timeless teaching on that subject and his adoption and advocacy for the position of the world. It's sad, but it's not expect unexpected. Heresy of any kind is a sin, and sin darkens the intellect. Once we adopt the condemned heresy of modernism, which Pope St. Pius X defined as the synthesis of all heresies, then it's not a far leap to reject the core tenets of the faith for a works-based doctrine and a doctrine that accepts sins that cry out to heaven for justice. It's not a surprise at all that this priest's advocacy for an 11th commandment of loving kindness includes explicitly that sin which St. Paul warned about, that sin which cries out to heaven, that has become synonymous with the name Father James Martin and has become synonymous with the once mighty name of the Jesuits. It's just to be expected at this point. I'll finish with this statement from the Council of Trent. It's an infallible statement based on rejecting the concept of works-based doctrines. Protestants always hit Catholics with the charge that we practice a works-based faith, that is no faith at all, that we just believe we can work our way into heaven, that our salvation is based on earning through works our ticket into heaven. It's a false charge, but one we've all heard at least once in our life. We believe that as Catholics, that Jesus commanded us to do works, and that works come as part of living the gospel message. But we acknowledge that no amount of works alone will earn your way into heaven, just like no amount of professing an empty faith devoid of any real lived faith it will earn your way into heaven. As the Council of Trent states in the famous decree on justification, quote, None of those things that precede justification, whether faith or works, merit the grace of justification. For if by grace, it is not now by works. Otherwise, as the apostle says, grace is no more grace. End quote. In other words, neither alone is sufficient. But that theological topic is something for another time. Uh, what we're seeing advocated by the modernists in our time is a works-based doctrine. We've seen it with Francis's suppression and reforming of the contemplative religious orders who, in his own estimation, aren't out there doing enough and are just spending way too much time doing Catholic things like praying and fasting. We see in articles like the one I quoted from earlier, of the modern errors, it's perhaps the most widespread of all modern errors, since works-based doctrines can be used to justify any number of other evil things in the name of the Beatitudes, or in, the, in this case, in the name of loving-kindness. So what did you think of this? Let me know in the comments, please. Is this priest completely off base or is he on to something? Am I the one who's wrong here that we need an 11th commandment of loving kindness? Let me know what you think in the comments, please. And uh, like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.